0: Hello, and welcome to the Burning Castle Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Rinsberg. Each episode, I speak with a changemaker learning to unlock the creative potential of a world caught in chaos. These are the artists, actors, performers, musicians, designers, thinkers, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, activists, chefs, and countless others creating new paths amid crumbling institutions. You can follow us on Twitter at Burning Castle and on Instagram at Burning Castle Podcast. Today on the Burning Castle Podcast, I speak with Marc Demay, founder of the band Cocoon and a major figure in France's musical scene. As you're about to hear, Marc has a fascinating story that begins with the kind of record deal musicians fantasize about getting. But like all things in life, Marc's career as a musician hasn't been a straight line. Recently, however, things have come full circle for Marc in a very interesting way. I hope you enjoy the episode. So uh, Mark D'omai, uh, thank you for joining us here on the burning castle. And um, it's nice to meet you. I've heard a lot about you through from a mutual friend. And of course I know your music, which I was just listening to this morning on Spotify. Um, so I wanted to start out and just to get a little bit more about you because, you know, you're, you're re- really well known in France um, and you sing in English. I think, you know, from what I've heard Pretty much only in English. I'm sure there's some French stuff that's out there. But I want people to get a better sense of uh, where you come from, where you are right now, um, how, you, how you talk about your music and characterize it so that I don't mischaracterize it. So, you know, just give us some of the basics and the, the bio on
1: you. So, thanks for having me. Uh, so, my name is Marc. I'm from the middle of France, a small city called Clermont. Uh, which is really r- rural, uh, not urban. It's a little bit countryside. And uh, I may I started music uh, really late, maybe 16, 17, and uh, mm-hmm. I wrote. I first wrote my own songs. I never covered songs at first. And uh, and I at, 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 when I was 17, I'm 36 now. And when I was 17, the main social media was MySpace. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember.
2: No, of course, and, yeah.
1: And I recorded my first album and put it on my space for four tracks. And instantly I had uh, uh, private messages from some labels. And uh, wow. they wanted... in fact, in France, all the music business is based in Paris. Um, right. And it's uh, mainly two or three streets in Paris where sure. you have all, all the, the business. I think we are like 400 or 500 people working in the music industry in France. It's really small. Wow. Wow, uh, it's a really small market right now, uh, and it's going even more smaller uh, since the streaming uh, DSPs are getting bigger. And well, mm-hmm. uh, so I went to Paris, and then uh, I signed my first record label um, uh, contract, and, and I was really happy because it was really I was really young. I was like 18, 19 years old, and uh, really easy for me to. I I didn't do the bars and pubs and uh, all this really heavy and and hard uh, music side. Um, So I was really lucky and um, so I I, I created that band Cocoon. Uh, This is my main project since 15 years old now, 15 years, sorry. Um, This is the folk pop uh, band in English Mm -hmm. um, which is a little crazy because in France you have uh, a law saying that uh, uh, you have quota, the quota means that 70% of the music that you hear on the radio or on TV must be seen in French. You have Mm -hmm. this exception Francaise thing, which is a a cultural exception. And I I mean, uh, so it was um, really, really hard for me because even if my music is produced and paid by French money, uh, I go. On the 30% side of English song music. So when a radio or a TV decides to put my music um, on their play, uh, they decide not to put U2 or Beyonce or, or Callplay, you know? So this, right. this is really heavy because my, my right. competitors are really big. Right. But uh, I have always said okay, it will be hard at the beginning, but English is also uh, traveling in the world. And uh, the French uh, language is really mostly spoken in France. And what what happened is that my music was taken for music, uh, for uh, publicity, advertisement, and uh, cinema all around the world. And I started to travel in first in Germany, in the U.S., in the U.K., in Asia, in uh, North Africa, and I started to go everywhere. And uh, with uh, just a French. With just French lyrics, I couldn't have done that, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't regret. I don't forget today. Anyway, we made, uh, we signed at on Universal, a major company, uh, for the second album because the first one was uh, it sold maybe four hundred thousand copies worldwide, so it was big. Wow. Wow. And the second one did the same uh, with Universal, and then I just I did I think five albums with them five albums with cocoon uh, on universal and um, my record label at universal just uh, went bankrupt uh, so they released all the artists we are all free now all the artists wow. that were on this uh, on this uh, label which was a little bit hard for me to leave because the you have this family thing uh, mm-hmm. with a, so i'm with, i'm without a label since may since the covid right now since maybe mm-hmm. one year and a half uh, but we will talk about that later, I think. Uh, so yeah, folk pop music in English, um, produced in France by French guys. And I'm the singer songwriter of, uh, of, of that band, Cocoon.
0: So, you know, there's a, there's a lot that's really interesting there. I think when people hear a story of someone being, you know, 16, 17, 18 years old, whatever, whatever you were. Putting your music on MySpace and then just boom, you got the deal. That was yeah. That's the fantasy, right? For for people in in creative spaces and arts, um, that's the thing that you always dream about. And I think ninety nine percent of the time, you find out that that is usually not how it works. For, for I think
1: people. my my luck was that the, that was the sound of the moment. I arrived with this new. Acoustic pop and folk, really yeah. light, ukulele, acoustic guitars, and we 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 arrived with like maybe five or four similar bands. Uh, so that was a little. There was a little scene uh, that do that was doing. We were we were doing the same vibe of music. So we were more powerful in media mm. and powerful uh, because we were together with these five or six bands. The problem yeah. is that today yeah. the 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 four or five bands that were with me don't exist anymore i'm the last survivor i don't know for how, how long but uh they all sp- split or they all stopped or they all grew older and they all uh, it's really it's really a, a difficult job uh, to be a musician it's it's a golden job when it works but it's really difficult yeah. to to stay yeah. to to get to grow to to make a living of it
0: Um, Who were the bands? Who were some of those bands that were coming up at the same time? You
1: had um, a band called um, The Doe, which was really famous and even uh, started to go in the U.S. and everything. uh, And they split. Also, they were a couple. There was a boy and a girl. So they they, they broke up. So that broke up the band. Um, There was a band called Moriarty, which which had a big hit. Um, They are they sound like Lumineers, you know, they sound a little bit like that. Um, I think they stopped, Uh, we don't, um, there was a band called um, uh, Aaron, Aaron, uh, they had a big uh, big, um, music on a a movie film and that Mm. made them, uh, but they only had one hit and uh, I think they stopped as well, so yeah. And also the thing is, we were replaced by a new wave of singers because now we are mm-hmm. old singers, we are 35, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to be 20, 25 to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, you know, there is this um, first album uh, hype thing. You, when you arrive at five or six albums, uh, a six album of Cocoon, I think the me get more interested than the first album of a new girl or boy, uh, really light and fresh and. The, so I understand that and, um, uh, and, what I, what and, uh, and also so these new albums, these new artists arrived and they made the French speaking language cool again. Because it, when we arrived, people were fed up with French chansons françaises, you know, Edith Piaf, na na je t'aime mon amour, na And, then, and, then, and uh, now there are new cool guys coming up, they mix rap urban music with chansons. So it's really cool, really interesting, really... Uh, and they made us look old all at once, you know? And they are the cool guys now.
0: Yeah, but you've also had, um, you know, quite a big hit w- when you did your, your collaboration with Lola Marsh, right? And that, yeah. that, was, that was fairly recent in, in this yeah. time
1: span. So that's you, biggest, you know, that's the biggest uh, numbers of streamings and YouTube views ever in my band, yeah. Yeah. which arrived at my sixth album. So, yeah, I think the algorithm of YouTube and Spotify were hyped by the two names Cocoon and Lola Marsh, and it made like a, mm. and yeah. I think also that the featuring you don't have to collaborate with a Beyonce. If it's not right, the right. same vibe of your music, you know what I mean. Lola Marsh might not be that famous in France. I think they are really famous in Israel.
0: Uh, yeah, they're very. Yeah, yeah, they're very
1: big in Israel. And uh, and uh, they, they are getting there in France, but uh, the COVID went there and then the the second album of Lola Marsh were I think just went out before the COVID, so it was really uh, complicated. And my album as well, the album with uh, the duet um, is. Uh, was released three months before Covid, so it was dead instantly. Uh, But this song went big and I I think it's because I picked the perfect featuring with Lola Marsh.
0: Yeah, and also, um, you know, aside from the algorithms, it's also just a magical song, you know what I mean? It's got this, it pulls you into it and you want to stay there. And I feel like that's you know that when I was listening to your music again this morning just to reconnect to it and that there's something about that music that has a lot of atmosphere you know what I mean it feels like you're you're in in this kind of world that's a bit different because as you're saying it's it's got a clear folk element but that pop vibe makes it really uh, like tender and really like it taps into this emotional core very quickly in the song, like right from the first beat, like you really feel that emotional connection to the songs. So I, you know, and that's what I, why, when I listen to the Lola Marsh thing, I know who Lola Marsh are, I've heard them, but I, I'm not, you know, particularly uh, connected to the music. But when I hear that song, that I just have that instant connection. I think that's what people are craving, especially today. You know, we're in the middle of COVID, People are sitting at home by themselves. They have been for the last almost two years, and they want to feel connected to something.
1: And, you know, what you is, know, is funny is that um, I talked about rap and urban. if I cut you, I'm sorry if I cut you speaking, because I think I have a latency between you and I. I'm sorry if okay, I... Okay, no, just, no,
0: but feel free. Feel free at any time to interrupt us. This, this is the benefit of... So, doing this.
1: During COVID, we, we just... Um, my music, the folk pop and Lola Marsh music, it's not really the main uh, streaming and um, the main music at the moment. Uh, the main music at the moment is Yoban and rap music uh, in yeah. all over the world. And yeah. what, what happened with COVID is that all the pages of bands like me or Lola Marsh are uh, the pages and the, the streaming numbers increased by maybe 30 or 40 percent just thanks wow. to COVID because. Wow. The, kids, the, the kids are listening the same song over and over again, you know, d- during the, yeah. the transport the, in the morning to go to school. And, uh, and we as adults, we don't do that. We, we listen to the same album maybe two times in a, in a week. So that's why also these bands have less big numbers of streams and, and, and sales. But mm-hmm. what happened is that during the COVID, the, the kids couldn't go to school. So they couldn't listen to the same thing again. Mm-hmm. And it started to le- the jazz and classical music and the world music and the folk music, all the sweet music mm-hmm. became really more, more important because people were discovering things with their parents and uh, they were at home. So de- they also decided to uh, buy um, an aban- uh on uh, Spotify or YouTube or Apple Music mm-hmm. to buy a monthly uh, yeah, subscription. Yeah, subscription, sorry. So uh, I think... Covid was a disaster for many things. For my last album, for Lola March, for everybody. But uh, concerning the streaming, it was a blessing. Uh, it was uh, because people wow. were That
0: yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, you know, from a, from the business side of things, it's interesting. Um, but I think also from the, the more human side of it, where you're saying that people were opening up a little bit, because mm-hmm. when you're in that routine and like you, I, I know what it feels like because I like the same thing. And it's with hip hop. Like when I get sometimes in the morning and I'm like kind of trying, trying to get going. So I'll put Kanye just to like get some energy, you know what I mean? But when you're out of that, that rhythm and you're just kind of there with the computer and you can't look at the same website again, because you're so sick of whatever website you're looking at. So you do, yeah. you look at, you're looking for content and you're looking for content that has a bit more meaning than the usual bullshit. Cause there's so much bullshit out there and it feels terrible you know what i mean it's like it's like sugary snacks that you you know you want to eat it you want to eat it but then you're you're just left with this terrible hollow feeling and then you find something that's that's really got something to it and it's different and it's not something you were exposed to before and it makes you feel like more of a person it makes you feel like a real person
1: because I, i think uh the you know all the rap and urban music i i love some of them i love Kanye. i love drake i love things like that but Oh yeah, I compare them to burgers as well, like, just like you. I think it's just like little hamburgers that you blend, blah, blah, yeah. that. Blah, blah. and uh, my music or Elliot Smith or Nick Drake or Bob Dylan or even if they're much more talented than me, but I think it's a little more engaging for the for the brain and for the because it's more complex. I think mm-hmm. more you have a melody. You might not like it at first. You have to listen twice or three, three times. I think your brain has, has to get used to it. Um, what is funny also is that um, uh, during the COVID, uh, I started to, put, to, to be more, much more creative than before. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I started to, to write a, a song every night. And, um, uh, uh, and uh, that, that was my, gym, uh, that was my <laughs> mother-in-law, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so sorry I, she lost me but I, I think during the COVID the, the, the confinement how oh, would you say that um, the, um, when you had to stay at home
0: yeah when
1: you're uh, confined um, yeah confined to your houses yeah and um, uh, I started to think uh, uh, to, 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 to think only music uh, that was mm. my way of escaping myself and uh, I I started to, to be you know, since the beginning of this interview, I'm a little bit on the business side of things, yeah. because I think today it's a little bit important because you have to analyze the data that we have all everywhere. Yeah. But for, for, for the first time, I started to, to forget all the data, all the, the the business, and I started to write, and my, main, my goal was to write one song per day, and that was my, my mm-hmm. way of escaping from COVID and uh, I don't know what I'm saying, saying that, but I think it's really important because I reconnected to the music, to the my the teenager mark, uh, to my, you know,
0: yeah, I I do know, and it's something I was just talking about this with a friend last night, who's a a um, screenwriter, French screenwriter, and I I just released a book in the last few months, and with the book launch, it's just about you know marketing, 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 PR numbers, analysis, data. And in the world we live in today, you as the creator, the artist are responsible. You have to be involved yeah. in that stuff because it's your thing. But what happens is, and what you're pointing to is that it pulls you away from that creative space. And once you leave the creative space, it's very hard to be back in that, in that place where you feel kind of open and just kind of drifting and you know, ready to explore. And I think that's something that that creative people around the world are probably having to face, which is playing two roles at the same time. You can't just be the creative who's like having, you know, the creative moment all day long. I mean, you can if you want, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that anyone's going to read you or listen to your work or, or watch you, whatever it is. You need to be doing that other thing. And it creates a division in inside of your personality. So I'll go a
1: little bit further. I think you have to be eight people at the same time. You have to be a community mm -hmm. manager. You have to be a a accountant. You have to be um, a a label. Uh, So you have to all the distribution and everything. You have to be a publisher. You have to be a tour manager to to, to book all of the concerts and gigs. You have to be an author, a composer, an arranger, a singer. You have to be a manager. A label manager, you have to be ten people, and I think that's why I'm talking a little bit more business than before is that we are little entrepreneurs, all the artists right now since the major companies are are now uh, on fire and they are i yeah. think the music is uh, the music and art uh, in general is completely changing, so you have to put your you put your brain and your mind in this uh, shape and you have to to you have to consider yourself as a small entrepreneur. And that's what I'm, yes. that's interesting because since the COVID, since my label was uh, shut down, um, my, I started to, 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 to think differently and to, to, to force myself to be interested by the business side and the data and everything. And I think uh, what before was 80% of my life was music. And now I think it's only 30 or 40%. So that's a, that's a mistake, that's a, that's a shame, but that's the case.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it, I don't know, because on the one hand, I, I, I feel the same thing. It, it's, the, it's exactly what you just said. You've got to be all those 10 things, and there's probably even another five things that you're not doing that you know you should be doing, but you just can't. Um, so on the one hand, I you know I almost have a question for you, which is, a, I think, for people who are listening to this, and also for me myself, just to understand because I struggle to be eight things at one time. I struggle with it, like on a logistical level, just how to actually manage it. And especially if you're coming from this as a creator, as an artist, where you know how to do one thing, which is create, but you don't know how to do scheduling or time blocking or ma- managing cash flow or yeah. all these things that you like, and you don't want to learn it either because you don't yeah. want your brain to be doing those things. You want your brain to do the other things, but like you're saying, there's no choice. You need to, you have to be that, that person that can do that octopus really, that's got eight tentacles yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, but I do think there is something very positive there, which is that you, it returns control and power to the creator, to the author, to the musician, the artist. You are, I think as an artist, more in control of, your work, your your career, your finances. Then probably it's been in a long, long time. I think at least for the you know the last few decades, um, and that's the advantage. You don't just hand over, sign away your rights. And you know, I know in publishing, book publishing, for example, you're not just signing the rights to the material to the publisher. You're signing the way that it's positioned in the market, you know, the way that it's marketed, the way that people speak about it. You no longer have control once you sign that paper and they give you your money. You, they, if they want to market your book as like a teen romance book, if, even though you feel like it's a literary novel or whatever the case might be, too bad. It's not up to you anymore. And I think that's what being eight people in one can do for you. But I think the question then becomes, OK, fine. How can we be eight people at one time? And, you know, how do you do it is my question. For you.
1: Uh, how, how do I do how do you do it?
0: How do you how how do you exist as eight people at one time?
1: So that, the the that's the best question of this whole podcast. Um, so it depends for the um, all the artistic producer, uh, singer, songwriter, um, uh, arranger, composer, author. I I know that I know it's okay. I can do that. I, I just need maybe. Five to six hours per day for that. So, right. so I, I compartment my time, my day time. So I five hours per day. Then I, on the morning, I try to do all the, all the, the you know, the paperwork. The the. So I decided to hire people. So now my label, yeah. I, I, I I created my label, which is called Yum Yum Records, Records and <laughs> Yum Yum Publishing. And uh, and uh, so I started to hire one and two persons. One is, uh, one is my wife, uh, which is now a, full, a full-time job uh, on, the, on the label and publishing. Yeah. So she's the contact with the accountant with all the money, all the money thing. I don't know how much money we have on the uh, bank account. She knows. I don't wanna know. I want to know. I just want to know, can yeah. I buy a new guitar? Yes or no, you know?
0: Um, (laughs) What is is the answer? Is it usually yes or usually no?
1: Usually no. (laughs) (laughs) No, she says you already have 10, so it's okay. (laughs) Um, Then, no, no, it's a joke, but we have to to buy some new gear every year just to be on the same shape and uh, modernity as the other studios. I need to have the same mic as the best ones. I need to have the best gear so uh, all the macintosh all the apple thing we have to to renew sometimes and everything so we, yeah we have to invest in the company yeah. normally but she says when and how much and she says all that um wow. and then we started to hire one pe- one other girl called pauline and she's and she's the key of everything she's the girl who have who has launched with spotify deezer apple music youtube she's in Paris, but we are not in Paris, we are in Bordeaux in the Southwest. Mm. Yeah. And she's in Paris and she's doing all the day, daytime uh, 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 lunch with the guy um, uh, uh, presenting the projects, the new mm-hmm. and the Lola Marsh, the she's mm-hmm. uh, And she's having what? what is the center of everything now. It's called the playlisting. The playlisting is the key thing. It's the new radio is that Cocoon is big, big numbers on streaming because we have many playlists. Because we go on having lunch with your friends, have, um, you know, the playlisting, you have uh, themes like having lunch, yeah. uh, doing the laundry, uh, yeah. singer-songwriter. Uh, mm-hmm. You have everything. And, and the, the key thing is to get in there, to get in the playlist. And then it generates, generates like uh, uh, cash flow a small a small, and, 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 and also it generates uh, streams. Uh, so you, you connect with more and more people uh, every day. So that's why the streaming is the, the key of everything today because the, the, the CD is dead with COVID. It was already a little bit dead, but the CD yeah. is dead. The vinyl is a fake good news because the vinyl is maybe one of the reasons why the music industry is dying even more because you have to wait for 12 weeks now to get your vinyl ready, and uh, this this they are completely overcrowded with uh, new stuff, and the uh, the vinyl is really complicated to to get, and the numbers of uh, are really low. Um, mm. So the streaming, so the CDs dead, the vinyl is not really alive. So the streaming is the key. So the playlisting is a key. So you have to hire someone if you have a label who will work this uh side of things but yeah but really you have to
0: yeah that's you know having that the pauline in in the mix of a you know what what i've i've come to consider this um this position or this identity a persona that i've stepped into as a creative entrepreneur yeah um and, and it's a cross-platform you need to be working on multiple platforms and what you know, something I think about it in terms of this is that I don't create content, but I create culture. And that's a distinction because, you know, when we talk about content, it's like a marketing thing. You create content to fill uh, the the vessel. But when you're creating culture, you're creating something to have an effect, to make a change in people's lives, even if it's just a change while while they're consuming the culture you're creating. So this is like this new category that I think is emerging which is what the the term I use is a multi-platform culture creator, or more generally it's a being a creative entrepreneur. And just like you're identifying, you really need to build a team around you. And it, but building a team, you know, if people are listening, it sounds sounds easy enough, right? Just find the people, you pay them the money. It's extremely difficult because finding those people keeping those people, making sure everybody is communicating that, that your goals are aligned with one another, that you are, you just have a rhythm together that it's so, so difficult. I mean, these are things that, that management and business schools have studied for well over a hundred years and they still really haven't figured it out. I think think the main, sorry,
1: but I think the main, the, the main thing is to, at 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 first is to have a brand, and my brand is Cocoon. And right. uh, since I now I, I assume it, I assume that and acknowledge that, and and then I, I I decide to work. It's like Nike or Adidas or Reebok, you know. It's like, but my brand is Cocoon, so it's a small brand. It's good. It's it's big enough for me. And yeah. since I assume there's a brand there, and I assume there's a entrepreneur thing. All that I will do artistically will we'll go into there, but I think we, you have to assume that a brand there. And since Cocoon is a big, known, a, a well-known f- uh, brand in France, in the music business, um, uh, since 15 years, and I worked with a lot of people now uh, in, when I was at Universal and I met some different guys. Like I said at first, I think we have 400 or 500 people working in the industry. And I know all of them. Uh, I know, maybe yeah, two thirds of them. And uh, so that was quite easy to find uh, my team because for first my wife, she's my wife and she was in the music industry before. Um, and uh, Pauline was um, at Universal before uh, she was uh, fired uh, because uh, they didn't, they are really, really, they have less money than before and they fire a lot of people every year and the it's a really bad, bad business to 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 go there and to go in the major companies, and uh, and I know that I know I knew her before. I knew her before when she was at Universal, and we were friends before. So I instantly, when she, when I when I knew she was fired, I called her at first, and then I, I want you in my team, and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm hiring two new people, one for the TV, radio, and web, and. Um, and uh, one other to go to more radio, TV, like a radio guy, a TV radio press guy. And so I think we will be like five or, yeah, five people uh, at the end of the year. And all these yeah. people were at Universal before. So I, I take their talents, I take them and I mm-hmm. put them in my team. And I, th- I know they're good because they were, re- they were good before at Universal. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and, and I think the, another interesting point there, and that's something that's very important for people to understand, is that uh, your brand is not, it's not your logo. It's not your design. Your brand mm-hmm. is, is how you interact with the world, which means how you interact with people, how you treat people. And you knew these were talented people, and they probably knew that you are not only a talented person, but that you're a good person to work with which is why they would say yes. And I think that's something that people really need to keep in mind when they, when they listen to something like this is to say, when you're building yourself as a, they call it, you know, a personal brand, it's not about your photo on Google. I mean, it is a little bit, but it's much more about the relationships you build, how you treat people, how you react to people and respond to people. If you're gonna be a diva or be an asshole, or if you're gonna be a decent human being who, who sees these people as partners, as collaborators, and I think that's a key difference. Um, and I think that's how this stuff will work. And the other thing I think that's really important about what you're saying is that you really have to be willing to take a risk to invest, and that means invest money. At the end of the day, I mean, we could also talk about investing energy and time, which really, you know, is very important. But at, you really have to take away, take a, take a, a risk to invest the money and to find a way to do it. Because you can always say to yourself, well, I don't have the money. I don't want to spend the money. I don't know blah, 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 But it, just like any other entrepreneur, if you want the thing to grow, if you want to reach more people and affect more people and create a bigger career and a longer career, then you have to find a way to invest resources into it. So that's a really important point that I've been learning over the last few months where I've, been, I've hired, I went from hiring zero people Five months, six months ago, to at this point, I've hired, um, I'd say, close to ten or more people. Not all at the same time, but for various projects or or processes that I just can't do it. So you know that that's also key.
1: For the money side, I think you just have to look at the numbers, um, which is really basic. So one million streams, but one million streams Spotify is like four thousand euros. Uh, of right. of rights uh, right. on your account, and one million stream on Deezer is six thousand euros on your account. One million streams on YouTube is like it's like uh, horrible. I think it's like two thousand euros. So you have just to calculate that, and people know that they know the numbers. It's not a secret. Yeah. So yeah, what I do is that uh, you have two ways of paying people. You have to, you can pay them monthly or on the on the mission, or you can pay them like yeah on a mission like. If you get me there, you will right. be paid uh, because it will generate uh, millions of streams. You know, so yeah. if you get me there, you will be paid that much money. If you do get me halfway through there, you will get half the money. da da da. You can pay people by the mission as well because we yeah. all are. Uh, uh, how do you say that? Um, uh, free. We don't. We we. Right. Are, it's free consulting. So they are they don't they they don't have to be paid by a year or two years or they don't have to have a contract uh, forever you know Mm -hmm. you you can just take so this mission thing is really important because in music you release one album every two years or three or one single every two months so i can just take one people and say hey do you want to work with me on this one song uh yeah okay okay so if you want I want to go there and I, I want to go on that playlist on, on that radio or to play that TV show. If you can get me there, uh, how much do you want? How much do you need right. uh, to do? So right. that, that well, that's what we do. We we, we play per song or per, per album.
0: Yeah. And then it sort of puts that other person in, in a position that they're also an entrepreneur because exactly. then it's about like, them hitting yeah. their goals. Exactly. So, yeah, and, uh, are, and they cool.
1: are, they are entrepreneurs and, uh, uh, Pauline is, uh, is starting, studying. Or she's out of Universal. She was like depressed. And what I'm gonna do? I, I don't have this big major, fake security uh, above me. Uh, yeah. I'm all alone. Yeah, but you're free. You can do what yeah. you want, and you're you're the best. Yeah, so you yeah. have you have talent, and you you and uh, if they know uh, also if they know that with cocoon you have achieved that everybody will call you. And now everybody's calling her because they saw that she, she, she's, she's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's 100% the case. And that's also a double-edged sword. Your people start to do well, then, then they start to get the phone calls too, which is great. You want the people you're working with to succeed yeah, in, their own, yeah. in their own right. Um, yeah, yeah. Are you, do, you, do you guys plan on opening up the brand, uh, the label to other artists? Or do you think you're going to yeah. keep this as
1: a, your thing? That's also the entrepreneur and cultural entrepreneur thing. That's uh, I've always wanted to have my, my project, which is Cocoon, which is what it is right now, but, but which still exists. Um, but I think the key is to produce other artists. So uh, since maybe five or six years now, I'm also um, a producer for new, 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 new talents. And uh, what I saw is that um, it's just uh, exponential. So I just signed a project called Chien Noir, which means black dog in, in, in English, yes. um, which is a French singing guy uh, with influence by Kanye West and yes. Bob Dylan. So it's, just, it's really interesting. Wow,
2: that's, that's cool.
1: And he just had, um, and so I, I signed him on the publishing side and I, I made him sign on a big, big label, uh, called Believe in France uh, for the label thing because I don't want to release his albums. I just want the publishing uh, and to help him uh, value his his work. And uh, we we had for him a big big advertisement uh, for um, Amazon, and uh, so that was fresh cash flow, not generated by my music, but it was the first time that was generated by a guy I signed, and that changed everything because all the business in France taught, saw me for the first time as an entrepreneur, you know? And then, and then they started to send me even more new artists to, 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 to sign or to produce. So that's really wow. interesting. If you, if you go there and if you are successful in that, it's, it's exponential as well. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm starting to do that.
0: Yeah, it is, it is exponential. And I think it's also um, probably scary in a way, because you 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 know go stepping into that role of, as an entrepreneur and starting to be known as that, I imagine I know I would have a fear that I would never come back to the creative thing, and it's something that I'm wrestling with right now. To say I'm doing all this creative entrepreneurship right now, and I'm starting to wonder wh- what happened to that that creative dream of mine. What happened to the dream of being the fiction writer? And all that, the purity of that dream, which the purity is also very naive. It's a the, naive purity still,
1: the purity is still there. It's just that the experience of 15 years in this business and in this, you have to acknowledge that it is business first, because yeah. you, if you want to make a living, you have to know where you can uh, generate rights. And uh, you have to know how to do your art the most honestly and the most easy the, the yeah you have to 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 it's a it's a, it's a fragile uh, mix between art and sensibility and uh, the little mark that i was when i was 10 or 12 years old and yeah. i wanted to be a professional musician and uh, and the 36 years old mark uh which is now okay so music okay you have to do that and that and that and not do that and uh, so it's experience mm-hmm. and also yeah. i think um what is funny is that since i became a really full time entrepreneur uh i just uh, uh, uh yeah i think i have to now planify uh, some time just for me because i i since january i think i just recorded two or three songs for my project and i recorded like four, 50 or 60 songs for other projects mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's becoming uh, yeah, it's just uh, inverting in itself. So I need to next year when I'm done with all my projects right now, I need to, to take five, four months just for me, for Cocoon to record an album because I need that.
0: Yeah, it's um, I forget who it is. I think it might be Steven Pressfield. He's an American author and he talks about being you have to be your own CEO. If you're if yeah. you're an artist, it's yeah. like, OK, here's your day off artist and here's your day that you're going to work artist yeah. and you know and be accountable so it's like you again you got to be playing more than that's probably the ninth role that we have to add is the role of ceo of all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah so so another another thing i wanted to ask you about which is you use the word mission which um you know i think it's it's something that's really important in a different sense which is a sense of having a purpose to all this you know what I mean? Because otherwise it's just really hard. It's really hard. It's it, from the outside. It can look really sexy. It can look glamorous and mostly it's not. As I'm sure, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of being alone. It's a lot of feeling alone and feeling like people are not <laughs> responding, like all that stuff. And you deal with that every minute of, it, of every day. But I think the only way to really fight that is to have a sense of purpose. Why am I doing this? and to have an answer. So, you know, how do you deal with that question of purpose and the question of why, you know, do you think about other people? Do you think about your audience? Do you think about, you know, like how, how does that work in your mind when you're thinking about the purpose of your work, um, both as an entrepreneur as a, and as an artist?
1: At first, I think the purpose, I think it's a little bit egoist, but I think it's for me because I love to, I love to learn things. I love to learn and I love to get better at things so i love to to learn a new instrument a new keyboard a new plugin uh, i love that because i know it will make me more powerful uh in the future if i know this plugin or this keyboard at 100 then uh it's like driving a car it's like it's going to be really easy also i think it's going to be a little more eccentric but uh, my mission is to make folk acoustic music um, the more the more popular possible uh, mm. and it's really a mission uh, I, I want people to to learn uh, to love these this, this sounds you know there's an anecdote I, I, I've been working with a big big French producer maybe one of the three best um, uh, producers uh, for mixing one of my albums last year mm-hmm. and uh, there was acoustic guitar on the album mm-hmm. and he told me and I was really sad he told me oh Mark it's been like five or six years I didn't hear an acoustic guitar on a record and I was okay. like oh my god it's such a shame you know because kids they want the drum machines they want the keyboard they want the uh, the guitar is not cool anymore so I want to keep that it's my mission I want to, to get to put the to, to to get the guitar cool again." Even more mm-hmm. the acoustic guitar, because acoustic guitar is not cool, you know. When when yeah. in the 60s or in the 70s, it was cool because you could bring, the, bring that everywhere. Now, the cool right. thing is a laptop, my MacBook right, right now. Uh, the, you know, they have uh, hats and they are like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the cool thing now. And uh, when I was young, when I was a child, the cool thing was to go on the beach and sing to girls the... Chan, 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 the acoustic guitar, yeah. So I want the, the acoustic guitar to be cool again. And I, I, start, I try to put acoustic guitar in much albums that I can. That's mm-hmm. one mission. And I think for the public is, and for the young guys today, it's important to to hear some acoustic guitars or acoustic instruments. A real piano, for example. Um, when you hear uh, music on the radio, you don't hear a real piano anymore. You hear a fake piano. Uh, right. it, it, for me, it sounds like plastic, you know? Yeah. So I'm a really in love with the sound of things. Uh, That's a mission. Mm
2: -hmm. So, uh,
1: yeah, that's my... And my third mission is to try to get Cocoon, um, to get there, to to play in in countries where I've never played, to play uh, to people I've never met. And um, for example, I've never been to Japan and it's really a dream of mine. And I think my Mm -hmm. new album will be entirely around this country, around Japan, I think yeah. I will write about that. And uh, that's my dream. So my mission is also yeah. to fulfill my dreams. You know, yeah,
0: yeah for sure. Um, but, you know, I, I do feel like you mentioned the Lumineers earlier, and I feel like there is that kind of that strain of music that, it, that really does have um, a pretty good following, at least in the yeah, UK, yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah.
1: Um, yeah, but um, you have to accept that you will never be Kenya West, you will never be right. that powerful right. in media and never be Drake or Dr. Dre. You will never be Kendrick Lamar Um, and it's okay. But ten years ago, I was struggling against that. It it made me sad. I was sad about that because I wanted to be Kanye West in a way, (laughs) because uh, maybe it's it's an ego thing. But I I think when you have a band that is working well, that is doing well, you want to be you want to play in stadiums. Really, I, I wanted to go there and I couldn't and I didn't understand why. It's just because of my music, in fact. It's just because of the genre. You, you yes, have yes. one band co- playing in stadiums called Coldplay, and they, right. they, have, they have really cleverly changed their music since the first album. The first album was beautiful pop and McCartney and beatles radio uh music. Yeah. And now today they make this really nice music, but really more pop and... Uh, yeah. Uh, with a... With a it sounds like the, it sounds like everybody else. It's not today. It's beautiful, but it sounds like the weekend, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, that's, that's the cost, you know, that's the, the, the the cost you have to decide, is it worth it for me? And, or like Taylor Swift, who started out country and she understood if she wanted to play those stadiums, it's like, you got to get in on the pop train and and leave all that other stuff behind. And, And I think for some people it's worth it. They, they just can't Think of anything else, or maybe they're not even making the decision. It could just be the the machine around them, the the managers, the agents, the the whole thing that's making that decision on their behalf. So it took me, people. It took
1: me. It took me six albums to understand that I will never beat Taylor Swift, and to be okay with that. And uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm okay. I, I'm, I'm a bit joking, but you know what I mean. I I, I didn't understand why I was not. Uh, I couldn't understand why some people were uh, on stadiums, and I, I I didn't hear my music as people hear, heard it. You know, I I heard it in a much pop popper way, and I think it's much more quiet and easy listening that than I than I thought. And uh, mm. today, when I hear my music at the supermarket or at the on the radio or when I'm on my in my car, I think it's the perfect place for that music uh and it's it's a, it's a cool thing to be in the supermarket in fact and hear your music it's it's a good sign yeah it's amazing i mean
0: to have because it's showing that there's a cultural impact yeah you know what i mean it's yeah. showing that the that it's actually being felt by other people people you don't know and people you never will know and and that that is amazing um but um you know before we sign off I, you know I, when i was listening this morning i was on the way to have my morning coffee and that's another great place to listen to your music because it's got it's not too, it's not overwhelming like it doesn't take over your brain like kanye does you know where kanye's just that's really yeah,
1: that's really another mission is that i don't want to invade people's paces and minds i don't want to invade things i'm not right. uh, you know <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i want to it's, as quiet as quiet and sweet and and soft as possible yeah but you you know there's also something
0: about the music like where a lyric will pop out that's really funny. There's yeah. like a real there's a humor you know where you rhymed something about a, um a plane crash and you know that god wants cash which <laughs> I actually laughed out loud. I thought it was so funny to hear and like there's a lot of that dark these little dark notes of humor yeah. which is yeah. also really great and it's also something you know I I do actually I do find it sometimes like in really great hip-hop, you could find a sense of humor. Most of the time not though, because hip-hop takes itself very seriously. Like right, with is,
1: it's always like drugs, 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 girls, girls, yeah. girls, money, money, yeah. money, money, you know,
0: it's a. Uh, yeah, ego, ego. It's the, the domain yeah. of the, the domain of the ego. And unless you have the real genius who can just transcend that stuff and can actually make those jokes and be funny, be interesting, be self-reflective, but it's very rare. But, no, um, you know.
1: There's a great band that I just discovered. Uh, I'm working with a band right now with me, who made me discover a band called run the Jews. Do you know them? No, it's, a, it's an American duet uh, of rappers and it's super good. Super funny. Really? Okay. I'll check that out. That sounds yeah. cool. Um,
0: so yeah, you know, again, I, I, there was so much I heard in your music, so much music that I love, like so many influences that I could pick up. Like, a bit of smashing pumpkins, you know, having the the some of the violins and in, in I think it was your first album. There's like real heavy strings on the album. Um, Sufjan Stevens, who I I adore, Elliot Smith, who you mentioned, who I also just found to be and Sufjan.
1: Sufjan I met him. Uh, I met him for the first time uh, two years ago. We were uh, I arrived on a, at the south in the south of France in a in a hotel, and he was there with his boyfriend, and. Uh, and we were at the swimming pool discussing of music. And I was like, it's amazing how much I connect with this music, with this guy, especially yeah. with uh, this album, Carrie and Lowell, which I love and, uh, mm-hmm. and also the music he made for Call Me By Your Name, uh, mm. which was amazing too. So yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I have his email right now and I want, I want him to collaborate with me on a future track. That
0: would be incredible. I, I think there's you know huge, huge potential there. Um, but uh, you know, before we sign off, you know, tell me about some of the na- the names of the bands that you're producing or or the artists, uh, just so that people can hear and and get a little bit of exposure for these people and so for us yeah. to be introduced to them to new music.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, you have to listen to Chien Noir. Uh, he has mm-hmm. his first EP called Histoire Vraie, which means true story. Uh okay. it's, it's been out t- uh, three months ago, and it's uh, it's getting. Great, great okay. contact with the public and with the media.
0: Cool. And for people, for people listening, that's um, C H I E N, and separate word would be N O I R. Yeah, black dog
1: in in English. Thank you. And then a new guy. In fact, I I invented a concept which is called the cooking classroom which means that every two weeks on my Facebook, because my Facebook page is my biggest page, because I'm an old mm-hmm. artist, <laughs> um, uh, I, I connect and I do a Facebook Live and I, I, I do a classroom of a Cocoon song. So I, because it's a big, big community on YouTube with thousands of videos of people playing Cocoon because it's easy to play. It's, uh, you have to mm. only have to get a ukulele or a guitar, acoustic guitar. And what I, what I noticed is that they don't play it the same as me. The the, the Mm -hmm. same as I do. So and sometimes they do mistakes. So I started to 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 connect with them and create a community community uh, of people uh, called the classrooms. Uh, And um, so I play them uh, a a song, teaching them the the chords, and then they send me their version uh, of the 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 cover they make of my music. So it and they have to put it on YouTube. So it mm, creates a big, big cool. really uh, cool. ecosystem of, uh, yeah. of lovers. And the, the best one wins a, a, a little gift. So, um, wow. uh, so one of them was invited on, on TV to make a show with me. Uh, one of them um, was invited to, to sing on an album of Cocoon. Uh, and the last one won a recording in my studio on my label, and uh, he won a, a signature. With my with my legs.
2: That's so, so cool.
1: that's so cool. And it, this guy yeah. uh, is amazing. It's called Bluebird. Bluebird. So Chien Noir, Bluebird. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's a, a small four-track EP, which is beautiful and which is calm and soft and sweet and beautiful melody and lyrics, and which makes me feel good. In fact, because I wow. I, I, I I don't know if you've noticed actually that. um the music is loud. It's really loud. Uh, all the time It's like, even yeah. the, uh, you know what I mean? And, uh, the- yeah, yeah, I do. I, the world is loud and
0: it's the, the loudness is everywhere. Noise is everywhere and you, you, everything's in your face. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, yeah. kill, it can kill like in Israel. Um, when I'm there, I, I like to go for this. I like to go for coffee in this kind of farm. Basically, they have like a little cart, like a little truck that opens up, and they they make coffee there. And it's such a beautiful place it's outdoor in the nature, and it's early in the morning. But they're playing the craziest music. They're playing like house music, and like, what are you doing? This is it's uh, like seven in the morning. Like, let's just let's be peaceful for one hour, for two where, hours. Where, where is it? Where, where is your coffee? That's in um, that's in a moshav, a collective farm. Um, it's called Moshav, um Haniel Haniel
1: H H like um, A N I E L. It's like a. It's like a. Yeah, it's
0: a, it's like similar. It's it's it, you know, it's they were they were collective farms, but they weren't like they weren't collective communities. So they were working together, but it wasn't um, completely um, a central centralized authority on the collective farm. I love to but go there. It's
2: yeah.
0: it's beautiful. And you have lots of them all, all over all over Israel and there's like this real culture of people Israelis love to like sit outside and have coffee. Like they can just do that all, like the French in a way. They can just sit and it's something that you absolutely do not have in America. Americans are not like Americans are taking 15 minute lunch and like moving on with the day. Um and Americans just, they live they live in their car. They 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 take coffee yeah. in the car. Yeah they take coffee in the car and that you don't really have that culture, which is something I was, you know, I was reading about the, the great innovation of Starbucks was not the coffee. It was giving some people a what what Howard Schultz called a third place that was not the home or the work workplace. It was a third place that they could meet. Um, and, you know, that's something that's completely alien to American culture. It still is Starbucks sucks. It's not fun. It's not nice. Um, it's just a money machine like so much is in America. But in France, you know, and I was just, I was in Bordeaux about a month ago and just oh, having yeah. that, um, yeah, I was visiting our mutual friend, uh, Jason, and uh, just having that ability to to find a cafe anywhere you are, anywhere, like you're in Bordeaux, it doesn't matter, you can just look around and be like, okay, there's a cafe right there. Yeah, yeah. And it may not be the best coffee that you like could hope for, but you can go and sit there and sit, Sip your coffee, talk to a friend, or read a book, write a story or a, a note or a or a song, um, and it's. I think that's so important to the, the to human existence. Like just to have that simplicity, and it, it sounds like a luxury, and it is a luxury, but it's financially it's not.
1: It's a you know a that, uh, silence will be the next luxury. Silence. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And this is my my main mission is silence. In fact, and I'm a musician, you know, but yeah, silence in music is so much powerful. When you have a like a full verse and a chorus, and then you put a little silence of mm-hmm. one second, and then everything seems to have more impact after the silence. So mm-hmm. um, it's a producing producing thing. But uh, yeah. when I when I chose my house, I chose the most silent neighborhood I could. And uh, even if it took me now 20 minutes by car to go to Bordeaux, I don't care. I just bought silence. So I think yeah. it goes with my cocoon thing and uh, my music. Yeah, that's right. To be
0: inside of the cocoon, which um, we're always so exposed today. And, and I agree with you. I think silence is just um, it's it's essential. I feel like it, it's necessary. Not only to the this you know metaphor of the soul, but I think for the brain, I think it's a very important thing for the brain to be able to have a few minutes of silence, or hours if you're lucky. Um, mm. And it's something we just we don't we don't. And you know, I was just reading about that in um, Philip Roth in Exit Ghost. He talks about how he's come back. He's he's now in his 70s. He's come back from the countryside to to live in Manhattan for a few months, and he's known that there's no more silence in in the world because if you're in an elevator or, or a car or wherever you are it's no longer silent. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I got my copy right behind me. Uh, we we read the same things. Yeah. Yeah. When did you read it? Did you read it recently?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe one year high. Well, during the COVID, during the first COVID. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, and uh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Philip Roth. I think is one of my favorites. It's really amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, a great writer, and and you know, very self aware. When you're reading his writing, you're like, this guy understands his position in the world, and he uh, writes yeah. on it. He's open about it. that's what kind of what makes him great. Um, but anyways, Mark, I, I know you. I know you've got a lot going on, and and yeah. thank you for being so generous with your time. Thank you, Um, Ashley.
2: It was nice talking to you. Yeah, it was
0: great. I hope we continue the conversation. I'll put uh, links to all the various artists, to your label, Yum Yum. Um, I think people will remember that one. So, um, yeah, but I hope to meet. We will sit down and have our silent coffee in uh, Bordeaux
2: or
1: or somewhere else. Um, But yeah, thank you for for joining. Of course. Thank you. And uh, it's funny because I learned things... Talking to you uh, i, I uh, you know you conceptualize things even more when you talk with someone about things and the, yeah it was it was uh, was
0: helpful this podcast that's great i'm happy to hear it so so again, thanks mark Mark Damai of Carcoon. uh now yum yum um, everybody I think would be do well to check out the music and to have those moments of of silence and peace and atmosphere in, in your ears rather than. Noise and anger and emotion
1: and ego. So, again, yeah. thanks, you know. uh Bye, Ashley. This is my bye, bye. My my book thing. So much, right. much
0: good. Much, a good place to end.
1: Yeah. Bye, bye.
0: Right. Thank you for joining me today on the Burning Castle podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashley Rinsberg. A S H L E Y r-i-n-d-s-b-e-r-g and follow the podcast on twitter at burning castle and on instagram at burning castle podcast till next time